Flag Sports Saturday is on the air. I'm daring to be great right now. Your chance to sound off. Listen to the games mainly on the radio, and uh, you guys are great. I love it. Join the show anytime. 701-271-1100. How cool is this? Or you can drop us a line. Studio at flagfamily.com. Pump it in there, baby. It's time to talk sports. Yes, yes, yes. Here on Flag Sports Saturday. Welcome back to hour number two of Flag Sports Saturday. Big game, James McCarty with Jace Denman. Talk a little NBA playoffs. An update on the NHL playoffs. Stone Lebanowitz will jump on at the, uh, what, 10.34, I believe is the specific time of it. But That's if I call him. Ex- oh, I suppose. That There's guy, that. I mean, you never know with that guy. Well, the whole thing with him. Is he out coaching quarterbacks and flag football It's like a seven-on-seven seven league or something. I kid you not. He's probably out golfing or something right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, Either I, that or he's at the beach down in Florida. Whatever, dude. I... I'm like, you know, this week would be great to, with how the NFL draft was last week, our draft special we did, having mm-hmm. Kevin Marshall on and really kind of deep diving into some of the FCS players of, of the draft, I thought was absolutely outstanding. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it brought a really good insight. And it, it broadened, I think, some of the local people and the local listeners. I think it broadened a little bit on, on our thoughts of some of the FCS players that are are heading in into the NFL here now that are, oh, are beyond just the city of Fargo, which although, is part of what I love so much. Although the, the weird part is, though, is that this season, for whatever reason, we didn't have as big of I I wouldn't say reach, but we didn't have as many FCS players go in the draft as, as I was probably expecting. No, there was, there was a lot that were undrafted free agents like within yeah. minutes of the draft ending, though. Right, exactly. But to only have 10 players selected out of, I mean, how many players were picked in the draft? There's there's seven rounds, at least 32 picks. I mean, it's... Is it 224 or something? Is it at least 224 because there's always some compensatory picks. Yeah, in so like 230 the or rounds. something like that, 240. And to only have 10, and obviously the two that we knew locally... Cody Malk and Tucker Craft, and then they've got some of these other players going. We've got a Sacramento State, William and Mary, Stephen. We got a guy, a wide receiver from Princeton, actually got picked, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, a couple defensive players: Wagner, Kennesaw State, a player, a wide receiver from UT Martin, and a cornerback from Jackson State. So, um, a little bit surprised, but especially when uh, I, I kind of felt like uh, Hunter Lepke was going to be a late round pick. Spencer Wagey, I wasn't really sure about. Uh, based on maybe it, it's one of those NFL prototypical you know size speed etc. Um, we talked about Noah Gindorf and you thought he might have a chance to go like seventh round and he ended up you know obviously getting a undrafted free agent tryout. So it's really kind of interesting and there's a lot of players obviously that are trying to make these teams and um, obviously with these spring leads leagues uh, XFL championship next weekend USFL uh, in full effect right now as well. Um, there's potential, depending on if uh, some of these local guys like Nash Jensen got invited to the Carolina Panthers uh, training camp. So if some of these young men don't make a roster, we may be seeing them on TV anyway next spring because a perfect example of that is uh, NDSU's uh, very own Darius Shepard, named uh, XFL uh, Special Teams Player of the Year. And I think Darius, among other players, because I know – I know even the Bucks have uh, invited a XFL defensive lineman to their training camp. So you know Darius is going to end up in somebody's training camp somewhere. And, and I, I would just like to think that if, if Hunter, Noah, Nash, 
Spencer don't make it onto rosters this fall, I think, honestly, right now, I'm starting to think the best route for them is to go play in the XFL, USFL, whichever place you're going to get more playing time, mm-hmm. get more film against higher quality opponents you know, that have come from bigger schools, et cetera, make a name for yourself, and then end up on a roster. So it's just kind of, you know, you might want to say it's kind of like the Kurt Warner style. You know, go play in a, in a, in a smaller league, get those reps, get that, uh, you know, uh, game film out there, and then uh, make an impact in the NFL. It'll, it'll be really interesting as to how it all ends up going down and, and looking forward to that conversation here in, in a bit as we – Turn the blinker on, switch lanes. Yep. How does that work? That sounds good. There we go. NBA playoffs. This is wild to me that Nikola Jokic yeah, I wasn't. was the first player in NBA history last night to, in a playoff game, record 25-plus points, 15-plus mm-hmm. rebounds, and 15-plus assists in the same game. Finished with 32 points, 17 rebounds, and 17 assists. You said his. That's insane. You said his stats um, on the Saturday morning scoreboard, and I, I heard the thirty points. I heard the rebounds. I didn't pay attention to the assists because I was doing whatever I'm doing over here. Um, that is a ridiculous stat line. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. The thirty points and seventeen rebounds. That is a good showing for a big man in the NBA. Regardless, I mean, quite honestly. I know he doesn't have... 30 points, 17 rebounds, 17 assists. Sorry. 32 is Murray. Yeah, bad. yeah. So, so we got, there's still 30. But, you know, if if Cat went out there and had 30 and 17, we'd be we'd be like, yeah, it's a pretty good doggone game by him. If you could get Rudy Gobert to get 30 points and 17 boards in a game, you'd be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. But then to add on the 17 assists, I mean, that the assists right there, that is realistically what separates Carl Anthony Towns from Nikola Jokic is the assist, because Carl is a pretty good passer, but Jokic is a ridiculous passer. He's, he's elite, is, is what it yeah. is. That That's what separates Jokic from the other top half a dozen big and, men and, in the NBA, is the way in which he draws attention from his opponents. Mm-hmm. But when he draws that attention, and they bring a second or a third, or they collapse down whichever all-star defender they have, he is able to kick it out in... in Lot, in a lot of circumstances, he's able to kick it out with just using his his God given ability and and his peripheral vision and and how he knows and trusts his teammates. Some things that they worked on in practice, the chemistry mm-hmm. they have built up, he's able to go. Okay, I'm going. I tried to drive in. They they cut me off at the point, and there's a guy breaking down from my left. I should be able to, between his legs, throw a no-look bounce pass to the corner, and you're going to have Jamal there, or you're going to have Caldwell there. Or if I go behind my back, just over my head, Aaron is going to be standing there to kick it over to the wing to Jamal. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're able to do that, and he processes basketball like that, is absolutely insane. Well, they said during the Timberwolves series against the Nuggets, uh, the coaching staff said you have to make Jokic a scorer, not a passer, because that's where he becomes so valuable. Because the the top play of the of the uh, night on Sports Center that we've got on the TVs here was Jokic either at the top of the key or at the free throw line, standing there with the ball in one hand, being face guarded by DeAndre Ayton or something like that. 
He uh, sees a cutting Michael Porter Jr., bounce pass to him, boom, Porter goes up, throws it down, and one opportunity. And so when you have 17 assists by Nikola Jokic last night, I would say Phoenix was lucky to win that game with a performance like that from Jokic because when he gets 17 assists plus 30 points, so that's his assists, that's at least 34 points because it's at least two points a, a, a bucket, you know. And there might be some and one opportunities. There might be a three-pointer in there. So there's at least 34 points there, plus 30 points that he scored himself. That's 64 points. So, I mean, it felt like even though he had some good games against the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves' uh, philosophy on Jokic was at least, I think it was a good philosophy to, uh, to try and beat the Nuggets. But then you had guys like um, Jamal Murray and obviously Aaron Gordon and, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope that just kind of went off on him. So, um just couldn't quite get to, you know, everybody slowed down. But Phoenix last night, you had to have a just monster performance from Devin Booker, who had 47 points, uh, six rebounds, nine assists, three steals uh, himself. And then, of course, uh, Kevin Durant, 39 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. So Kevin Durant almost fooled around and got a triple-double. So they're going to either have to have more performances by Booker and Durant or they're going to have to find a way to slow down Nikola Jokic because they're they're playing with fire when they allow him to get a triple double like that. Yeah, it, it, and then Michael Porter, who just kind of quietly is that third option on that team, twenty one points, twelve rebounds. I, I mean, so you have that in there. Aaron Gordon, kind of similar to what Andrew Wiggins is now. When you're the fourth option on a team, he he all of a sudden is able to focus more defensively in yeah. somewhere where I think he plays pretty dang well consistently at what six eight. Mm-hmm. I think he is. And and having that when he gets nine points and seven rebounds and he's in Orlando and he's the guy, yep. he's a disappointment and a bust. Yeah, he gets nine points, seven rebounds, and, and is positive in the plus minus mm-hmm. in Denver as the fourth option. Yep, and you start looking at it, you start talking about is this an Andre Iguodala or an Andrew Wiggins esque an, type guy it's on an that Andrew team? Wiggins, yeah. Where you look and you go. He didn't have the most point, doesn't have the most rebounds, but the way that he's able to just add the over-the-topness offensively and the way he's able to play defensively, is he a guy that you could have an argument for to give a couple of votes to for MVP of the playoffs? Potentially. To an extent. I, I want to point out, though, James, on the Phoenix Suns uh, box score from last night, <laughs> uh, DeAndre Ayton, his nickname, according to him, is Dominatin, and that man is not dominating anything. Uh, 26, point, uh, 26 minutes last night, 2 of 6 uh, from field goals. He had 9 rebounds. He was a minus 4 on the court, and he had 4 points. And then Phoenix, for whatever reason, is, is actually starting Josh Okogie. Now, we had that Josh Okogie experiment here in uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, he played 10 minutes, though. He played 10 minutes last night, but there was somebody. I can't remember who said it on Twitter or why they said it, but they uh, were talking about, it might have been our very own former news director, Kyle Cornell, talking about getting a 3-and-D player. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned a bunch of players, and he mentioned Josh Okogie. Josh Okogie, I mean, I love the, the the heart, the athleticism, but the dude is not a good shooter, number one. And defensively, that's where he hangs his hat. But looks like last night he wasn't able to be effective. He was a minus eight in the plus minus, had two points and one rebound. So <clears throat> if you're starting Josh Okogie, I kind of have my my reservations about how far you're going to go as a team, especially with uh, Chris Paul out um, for at least the next couple of games. Yeah, it's... When you have T.J. Warren and and campaign, 
with seven points each and they're tied for your third leading scorer, that's not sustainable. If you're no, if you're if you're going to rely on on forty point performances each from Durant and Booker to yeah. win that series, it's not going to happen. Exactly, you need somebody else to do it. I, I, whether it's Shamit off the bench or uh, Tory Tory Craig, maybe he gets a couple minutes, gets hot. Or <laughs> he only had a couple minutes. Yeah, he, he legit he had three. did. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you look and DeAndre Ayton, if he doesn't start getting up to that whole like fifteen and ten mark. With a block or two, look, it's, I, it's it, the series is over. The, I listened to um, I listened to a show out of Arizona, and they're not a sports talk show. But when they do talk about the Phoenix Suns, because their their hosts are big Phoenix Suns fans, DeAndre Ayton, in a sense, is one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, you might you know if you're a Wolves fan, you might have your reservations, obviously, about Carl Anthony Towns, but DeAndre Ayton is just as frustrating, if not more so, than than. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's a big seven-footer. He should be able to dominate on the inside based on his physical presence alone. And he's not producing. I mean, he's just kind of a body out there, and you kind of wonder. I mean, they gave him a bunch of money this last off or two off seasons. Yeah, ago. so he's good. He doesn't care anymore. He doesn't. He never. I don't think he cared to begin with. Now he's well, playing he's... Call of Duty like you know um, what's his face, the quarterback out there in Arizona. Oh, Kyler. Him and yeah. Kyler. Probably. Probably. Online buddies playing it. Yeah, Carl, Carl joins them. <clears throat> ah, whatever. Yeah, hey, I I don't make the rules. <laughs> that's it. That's just how it goes. I I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, ah, that's exactly just, how it is. That's ah, ridiculous. Oh well, we'll go to break. We'll come back. Quick uh, update on the NHL playoffs. What's going on there? Which teams are dominating? Which teams are getting dominated? You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday on WDAY Radio and the Flag. Welcome back to Prime. Oh, Flag Sports Saturday, isn't it? Like yeah, sports what, were you, what were you going to say? I almost said primetime sports. That's weeknights. Weeknights. I mean, this is pri- weekend mornings. This is primetime on a weekend It's primetime real estate. It is. I mean, you can't get better than this. Man. I'm right there. You guys are doing good. Thank you. What was, what was that? You guys are doing good. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I caught myself, and, and we're, we're improving. That's good. Steadily. Right? I think yeah. That's, yeah. Well, the NHL. You know I'll hit you guys up on Facebook. You always could. Yeah, Flag you Sports could. Central. Yeah, you do that. You shoot a DM, whichever. Flag Sports Central. That would encompass primetime sports and Flag Sports Saturday. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of everything there. Did a little you? Bit, a little bit. Did you do videos for your uh, interviews with the uh, Red Hawks on Media Day? No, just audio for those oh, okay. ones. Yep. Just did audio you, with photos. Did you did you post them to you know Flag Sports Central, etc., and Twitter so people can listen to them outside of just. Our website, or did you just post? Oh yeah, them? they're they're Everywhere. all over the darn place. And uh, just out of uh, curiosity, before we get to NHL talk, uh, you talked to manager Chris Coast. Mm-hmm. You talked to what two other players or three other three players? other players? So you had a Leo, Leo Pena. Mm-hmm. I talked with Alex Dubord, mm-hmm. and that one should be popping up here any minute. And then John Silviano, nice slugger. Oh yeah, I I got I got work done while you were sitting here doing production. I actually that was the day I went home. I wasn't feeling very well. So you can just take personal time like that. Well, I got my stuff done. That's that was the main. That's, thing. that's ridiculous. I can't mm. believe we allow that. I, it happens sometimes. Let you have a personal life and take personal <laughs> time and go home if you're feeling sick. What kind of a company is this? I don't know. Suppose they they want to retain their people. Uh, probably makes it better. So the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, got their arses whooped up on last night. 
Carolina's looking good in that series. Are they up two two games to none right now? Two games to none. Yeah. If you want to talk about uh, someone who's looking good, you got to go over uh, to Dude, to my Facebook page, Jamie <laughs> McCarty. Giggity gig. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that sentence. Yeah, that's because you don't let me ever finish a sentence. Florida. Oh, of, good for you. Of all places, <laughs> their next game isn't until Sunday. At, at 5.30 on TBS. Winners got, of five straight. Three with their backs against the wall. Yep. Four of the five are on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, th- this team is insane. And so Sergei Bobrovsky, their goaltender. <laughs> Coming to Bobrovsky Chevrolet. The dude has won five games in the last nine days. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a nine-day span, he goaltended five victories, helped manufacture five victories, Four on the road, three in do-or-die situations, four, I mean, when I, I just look at that, and in the postseason, to win to win four road games in the postseason is a victory in itself because you oh, go, yeah. man, we're going to make a run to the Stanley Cup final. This dude says, hold my beer, I'm going to do it four times in nine days. Yeah, with it's... Two of which, you're back against the wall, and two more of which against the Toronto Maple Leafs where you go, why is that a big deal? That is a team... In, that has a fan base up in Toronto that is absolutely rambunctious. They had like 30,000 people outside their stadium and their home games to oh, watch yeah. the games on the screens outside the stadium. That's how much they care about their hockey. They broke a nearly two-decade-long drought, 19-year yeah, absence yep. from the Eastern Conference semifinals. They got past that with a huge series win last week. They had all the momentum. They had everything going for them. They got, they're going to play against the Florida Panthers who knocked off the Boston Bruins. So now Toronto in, is going to be able to just, just run through this, right? This is, this is their series to lose. They have it. They're, they're Austin Matthews, Ryan O'Reilly. This team is, is going to be yes. able to mow through to the conference finals. And Bobrovsky says, no, 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 no. Not so Not fast. So, yeah, it just incredible, incredible performances from the entire team. But when you have a guy that doesn't let the puck get by at any point, it helps your odds. Yeah, and, you know, that's the interesting thing about the NHL or, or you know, hockey in general is that you get a hot goaltender, then you've got a chance to, to stay in those games and, and to steal some games, to steal a series, uh, if you will. And, you know, you look at the Florida Panthers and how they had uh, their victories in Game 5 and Game 7 – Excuse me, and uh, you know they had a a bad play by the Boston Bruins that helped them to win in overtime in Game Five. They had uh, basically able to get out there and um, get a, a late goal by pulling their goaltender in Game Seven, force overtime, win it in overtime, and now they're just they're simply playing their best hockey of the season. Even though out of the sixteen teams that made the playoffs, they had the lowest point total. They had what ninety two points going into the postseason. If yeah, you right, if you right. if you add up their losses, overtime losses, shootout losses, they were basically forty two and forty. And so to some extent it would have been like, you know, a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves just, you know, being able to find a way to beat the Nuggets and then continuing on against uh, what would be the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, when you look at it that way. But Bobrovsky is uh just playing phenomenal. Uh, the players in front of him, his, his defensemen and forwards, they're uh, making things happen. They're getting goals. 
Um, they got down two to nothing, I believe, in that last game at, in Toronto. They came back with three straight goals. Yeah, and um, they were the they were down two period. nothing midway through the first period. I mean, it just they're just fan, playing fantastic right now. And you just watch them, and you have to just you got to throw the regular season records out the window and just look at what they've been doing lately. Toronto finally got that monkey off their back, getting out of the first round. But now they find themselves in a in a two games to none hole. So they they got to go down to Miami now. And play the Panthers on their home ice, and they need to they need to win Game Three. There, there's no other way around it. I mean, Florida they're they're looking if they win this next game, they could they could be making a run all the way to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and and looking strong to maybe even make a Stanley Cup again. And I believe I remember correctly, out of the eight teams that remain, mm-hmm. with because you have Boston having lost, you have Colorado having lost, the most recent. NHL championship with eight teams remaining, I believe it was Carolina in 06. So we're, we're looking at, at... How long? The Stars was like before that, right? Like 2002, 2003, something like 99. that. 99. Oh, 99? Yeah. Before the turn of the century. Uh, yeah, because Toronto hasn't been there in a hot minute. Because it was a year before the Wild <clears throat> were in sept- Well, they had their first game on the ice. So mm-hmm. it was uh, a year before that. And so since the Wild had come in, the Stars have not been... Uh, Stanley Cup champs. So at least we we have that going for us, which is nice. At least, yeah. We we got to go to break. We come back. Stolen Banowitz, former Southern Illinois QB, co-host of FCS Nation, and on-air talent for ESPN West Palm Beach, talking FCS football and players taken in the draft. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday. Welcome back to Flag Sports Saturday. Big game, James Lacardi with uh, Jason Denman. We're working through some things. We we've got we've got TSA issues. That that's not our problem, Stone. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just tell Stone that. Oh, it's, a, it's not my problem, bro. <laughs> we're in we're in break, and I'm just joking with Jace, and I'm like, Jace, just so you know, it was Stone. I know how he operates. He says it's a fifty fifty. He answers the phone or not? We'll be Ka- luck- we'd kind be of luck- halfway joking, halfway we'd be lucky being serious. Fifty fifty with yeah. him. I'm halfway joking, halfway being serious, and he calls him. And there's no answer, and like the second. That it goes to voicemail. I get a I get a text from him, and he and and it says uh, standing in line at TSA right now. Thought I'd be sitting at the gate by now. From a panicky stone <laughs> in a busy donkey for for donkey. That's the term. Oh, he's so yep. busy. Yep, uh, Fort Lauderdale Airport. <laughs> so I, I guess we're we're on our own, and maybe we'll have to to regroup with him next week. That's. Well, you know you what? Know, that's we're, the nature of the gonna, beast. <laughs> we're going to give him three or four, or 12 more chances to get on our show at some point in time. Uh, but after that, then we'll reconsider maybe not having him on is, at all. This is strike four, young man. Strike four. I think it's strike 12. Strike four. You've only got about 20 to go. If he wants me to stop making the football player jokes on him. Oh, I didn't know you played the actual American football. I thought you were a soccer player. <laughs> He's oh, got more man. of that coming to him. That's all I can say. Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, at, least, at least he texted me, I guess. <laughs> he could have just kept sending us the voicemail and be like, what, what, been what, like, what is going on? I've been like, Stone Cold, where are you at, brother? Oh. You see, this is what we got to deal with. So this is, um, this is, I guess this would be like, you know, I, I'm not surprised, so I can't really say it's the Stone, stone Cold Stunner. No, you're not available. Oh, who knew? Oh, man. Kevin is 
sick. He's under the weather. I think he's feeling a little bit better now. So That's we're, good. We're, we're getting that squared away with him. So, so FCS is somewhere between under the weather and uh, under TSA right now. Yeah. So here, let's let's run down the list of, of the players that were selected in the NFL draft from the FCS. Cody Mock went second round out of North Dakota State to Tampa. Marte Mapu. He's the linebacker safety out of Sacramento State. He went uh, third round to New England. You're really confident in the way you said that, by the well, way. Well, you told me to do that, and you would just you would go with it. Well, I, I'll go with it, but you can't be like, Mar- Marte. Well, it's not Marte. Yeah, all right. Well, Tucker Craft, South Dakota State, he also went third round to Green <laughs> See, Bay. See, there you go. You're confident later. in yourself. That's because it's an easy Tucker. <laughs> Where's Tucker at? Uh, Tucker, you're, you're, you're from the upper Midwest, aren't you? I can, yeah. I can tell by your name. Uh, Colby Sorsdahl from William and Mary's offensive tackle. He went fifth round to Detroit. B.J. Thompson, defense, defensive end from Stephen F. Austin, went fifth round as well to Kansas City. Andre, is that an L or an I? That's a is that a capital I because of the font? Yeah, yeah, it's Io Sivas. Io Sivas from a wide receiver from Princeton. I re, I've heard hate, a little bit about him. I hate him. when you have font that you don't know if it's a, if it's an L or a. The capital only reason I. I, I it was an I. I knew that for sure. It was because the guy below it, Titus Leo, yeah, that's has true. a capital L directly below it. Uh, linebacker out of Wagner, sixth round. Sixth round uh, as pick well. Pick number 34. Uh, uh, yeah. Because of compensatory picks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Travis Bell, defensive tackle from Kennesaw State in the seventh round to Chicago. Uh, Titus Leo was uh, taken by Indiana, and uh, uh, Los Ives was taken by Cincinnati. Uh, Colton uh, Dowell, a wide receiver out of UT Martin, was taken the seventh round by Tennessee. And uh, the only HBCU player taken, Isaiah Bolden, cornerback out of Jackson State, was taken in the seventh round by New England. Um, obviously, we heard everybody, you know, we heard Deion Sanders scold everybody for only taking one HBCU uh, player, but... I don't care what when, school you're out of. If you're the best player, I'm drafting you. If, you're but, the, if you fit the need we have, I'm drafting you. I don't care, right. if, you're, I don't care if you're in the NAIA. Or it's, Division Three. I mean, yeah, we've seen I, I mean, it doesn't matter what division you're at. It doesn't matter what conference but, you're in. It doesn't matter what team you play for. Now, you know, if you're kind of a self-centered uh, jack donkey, well, yeah. then then maybe you'd fall a little bit farther down on my board. Right, but the point I wanted to make was that there was only 10 players out of probably 230, 250 players taken that were from FCS schools in general. And I don't think there was anybody taken from – a D two D three NAIA school this year. It was all about the big, you know, group of five and power five schools. So, um, you know, no disrespect to to Coach Sanders, but there was only ten players taken out of FCS schools this year, which is is pretty low. Although we did have one in the second round, uh, two in the third, then we had a couple fifth, couple six, three in the seventh. So. Um, I just think there was a low number of FCS players taken this year, and it was it was a little strange um, because I think that Kevin Marshall didn't he mention a couple other like offensive linemen he thought could but potentially have been drafted this year? Yeah, he brought up specifically. Oh, his name slipping me from was another lineman from like a Tennessee Martinish or something like that. Because line, linebacker at Illinois State. Um, Oh yeah, that he was like a Buck oh. Buchanan Award winner too. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. probably got signed somewhere. Um, he he went un- undrafted like yeah, thirty seconds after the draft ended, mm-hmm. and I can't for the life of me remember um, what his name was. Yeah, State Illinois State uh, linebacker twenty twenty three NFL right something yep. like that'll pull it up. 
Uh, oh, Zeke Vandenberg. Yeah. He signed with the Dolphins. Hmm. Uh, interesting. There's an article on that, the same link you sent me that had those uh, players listed. Yeah. And there is a article. Of course, it's by you know Kevin Marshall's favorite person. Um, but they're good, good, good buddies. Oh, uh, maybe not. Maybe it doesn't say who it is. No, it is uh, Stan Betcon. So he it's from never, NC, never NCAA. So never mind. Uh, he's got 15 undrafted players that can make an uh, uh, 15 undrafted FD, FCS players that can make an impact in the NFL. Number one, I think is an obvious choice. North Dakota State fullback Hunter Lepke. I, I just think he's going to be a really good football player, and I think he, he's in that Mike Allstock, uh, Mike Allstott or uh, Kyle Huschek, uh mold. Uh, two, two through five, Chattanooga Mox. I think this is maybe the guy Kevin talked about, McClendon Curtis. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he went to the Raiders. Uh, Furman wide receiver Ryan Miller signed with the Buccaneers. Florida Florida A&M edge Isaiah Land signed with the Cowboys. Uh, poor life choices there, Isaiah. A Youngstown State running back Jaleel McLaughlin signed with the Broncos. Uh, six through ten, um, South, Carolina, South Carolina State wide receiver Shaquan Davis signed with the Saints. Missouri State cornerback Montrell Montre Braswell with the Kansas City Chiefs. Northern Iowa safety. Oh, I would have swore he hadn't been in school for this long, but uh, Northern Iowa safety Benny Sapp the third signed with the Packers. Didn't Benny Sapp play for like seven years in college? I mean, I think it was there another Benny Sapp. I mean, Benny Sapp, I know the name because he obviously Missouri Valley Football Conference. Right? I'm trying to remember now. I'm thinking of. Um, I've I've only been this is gonna sound bad. I've only been fully invested for about five years. <laughs> I swear Benny Sapp played for many years like that and then transferred to Northern Iowa. Uh, number nine, Alabama State cornerback Keenan Isaac signed with the Buccaneers. Uh, number 10, Holy Cross linebacker Liam Anderson signed with the Colts. Um, and then their number 11, I think it's got, uh, I got four, three players. Gardner Webb, wide receiver, TJ Luther, Stephen F. Austin, wide receiver, Xavier Gibson, both signed with the Jets. And then 12 through 15 was... Uh, all signed by the Los Angeles Rams. Florida A&M wide receiver Xavier Smith, Incarnate Word, uh, Kalichi. Uh, you NL- can do it. No, not that one. <laughs> Aniel Beachy. <laughs> Sorry, bro. What? A-N-Y-A-L-E-B-E-C-H-I. <sighs> Western Carolina cornerback Cameron McCutcheon and Rhode Island cornerback Jordan Jones. Um I did see Incarnate Word quarterback um, Lindsey Scott, Scott Jr. had invites to training camp tryouts with uh, the Jets and the Buccaneers. I believe those were the last I saw. So I don't know if he'll end up <clears throat> getting a shot in preseason or if we'll be seeing him next spring in XFL-USFL action. But uh, Lindsey Scott Jr. has just proven that he can make plays happen at the collegiate level. So I'd love to see him get a shot somewhere uh, to make an NFL roster. But... Other than uh, obviously Hunter Lepke, top top one on that list, was there any of those names that kind of stuck out to you out of those fifteen undrafted free agents that can make an impact? It it's obvious, but I'm really really high on Hunter Lepke. Mm-hmm, me too. And the reasoning for it is, well, one, uh-huh. I, I've watched him in person, seen him in person, I've seen him develop, and and he just he he's got that edge to mm-hmm. him where. He puts on a football helmet, and he he goes from a great, very you know, a really great young man to a a very uh, terrifying football player. Yeah, he he does. He he 
he kind of gives up his body, mm-hmm. and he's willing to block. He's willing to run route. He's willing to run the football. He is willing to, uh, if you want him to, he'd probably throw a darn pass. He'd, he'd go out in the slot if you asked him to, just to, to be a decoy. He would do any and everything you ask him to do. He'll go and run down on, on kickoffs, punts, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's willing to. But I don't. I think what a what a lot of people just casually looking at it to go, oh Cowboys, oh yeah. I can't believe he went there. Oh Cowboys, oh nah, yeah, you know, he'll be a practice squad. I just don't like the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I don't either. But they let Zeke go, Elliot. Yeah, they did. He's gone. Bye bye, Zeke. And but, but, Tony Tony Pollard, yeah, broke his leg right the last week or two of the regular season. So Pollard will be back and healthy, hopefully a hundred percent at that point, right? Uh, by by the time training camp officially starts, mm-hmm. I don't know who else. I haven't. I don't know who else they've signed in in free agency. But you look at the two backs that took ninety nine percent of the touches for that team last year mm-hmm. from the backfield. One is coming off a broken leg now, and one is gone. So there is an opportunity. Now I'm not going to go say Hunter's going to have a thousand yard rushing, five hundred no. yard receiving. But I'm saying right now that there's an opportunity for for Hunter. To be able to insert in, become uh, a depth piece that that can, like I said, be be involved on, on kickoff, punt, things of that sorts, and then also be that that kind of hybrid guy who can line up at tight end when need be. He can line up at fullback when need be. He can help you just be a little bit deeper. And you know, who knows? Maybe he gets he he gets ten, 10 receptions and and thirty forty carries this year. And some people would say, well, really, that's it. But that's where I think he can start his career and start building up from there. And I think he can be, for Dallas, a C.J. Ham for the Vikings, like a 2.0, though, because C.J. Yeah. is 90% blocking, and actually probably like more like 99% blocking. I just think But Kyle Hunter Houston. has the opportunity to have more touches with the football. Oh, absolutely. I think I think he his skill set shows that he can, um, he can line up anywhere from H-back, tight end, fullback. He can line up a tailback. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think his skill set is 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 fantastic, and I I was hoping he'd land with my team just because I really like his skill set and I think he can make things happen. And I, like I said, at worst case scenario, he's a Kyle Hughescheck, a fantastic fullback in the NFL. We're gonna go to break. Take our final one of the morning when we come back. A show roundup. You're listening to Flag Sports Saturday on WDAY Radio and the Flag. Welcome back to one final segment of Flag Sports Saturday. Big was, game, James McCarty with Jace Denman. It was a good intro with me clearing my throat like that. That's that's all right. I I I thought you were going to play the bumper for a second or two longer, so I went to stretch real quick. I heard an elbow pop, and then I heard the music get quieter, and I went, you, oh. You honestly should never stretch because I, you're 24 years old, and things pop and crack on you. I thought I was bad at that age with every dude, joint I, in my body crackling when I would move it or whatever, but you're like, your elbows are not supposed to bend that direction. That's the wrong direction. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's yeah. uh, I sound mean, like every, I, sound, I sound like Rice Krispies well, most of the James time. James is just James is just trying to 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 stretch, and it looks like he's going to dislocate his el- or uh, no, it's not dislocated. Be to hyperextend his elbows, and you're like, dude, oh, oh yeah, that's normal. All right, whatever. Exactly. Well, it's like, it's like it's those not, people that are double jointed, and they can like just not right. I had a oh, speaking of that, I had a buddy in high school who I don't know how and why. Mm-hmm. But and how like it just it, I don't he's like it didn't hurt or anything but it, it made no sense 
Like <clears throat> he just like at any given point like would be you know dinking around whatever kind of stretching and whatnot, and he would like just pop his shoulder blade out. Yeah, just pop out. He'd be like, oh no worries, and then he would like like he'd drop his shoulder back down and back oh. in, and I'm like. It's like this. this I don't <laughs> know if that that was supposed to. Ha- He's like, no, it's normal. Watch, and then he'd do it again to show me, and I'm like, it's like uh, it's like in the le- it's like in the Lethal Weapon movies where Mel Gibson's character, even though it it probably didn't. I don't know how it's supposed to look. I just assumed in real life it would look a little bit different. But Mel Gibson's character, how he got out of the straight jacket once in this one movie, is because he could dislocate his shoulder and then pop it back in. But to put it back in, he'd always have to like. Hammer his Hit shoulder into a wall or, a, wall or yeah. a board, and you're just like, you're like, okay, I guess you know that's part of the script, but whatever. But you know, if your buddy could do it, just it, it made no sense putting his shoulder I, down. I just like, like, yeah, I was like, I was like, that's not normal. He's like, I've been doing it my whole life. Stop doing that when I'm trying to eat. I'm like what? So I don't, I don't know. Gross. Maybe like that. Just I don't know. It's <laughs> human body for some people does some weird stuff. It man. does like it does. some goofy, goofy stuff. My brother, I, for the longest time, like in, when like he was high school age, mm-hmm. he'd be like, he would, you know, would be whatever, just mess around doing some something stupid, and like his kneecap would like just pop. Oh yeah. And then he'd be, and then he'd just you know make sure it's centered back in or whatever, and like kind of kick up, and it, it'd be all good to go. And then he'd be like, oh, it's gonna be a couple ibuprofen. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I think you should probably get that checked out. Like if you're, <laughs> you're just kind of popping around in there, like I, I don't, oh. I don't know. It's like, wh- how? I, I just know when I had. He's some- like, it swells up once in a while. I'm like, yeah, you should probably yeah. should go in. Yeah, if it if it continues to swell up, that means there's a problem. I mean, yeah. I had three knee surgeries. I know what the doctor told me. <laughs> if it, if it, if, you, if we if we get the drain the fluid and it's fine, then you're okay. But if it swells up again, that means there's something wrong in there. Yeah, I'm just like uh, mm, so, some of the people I know. I just I'm just like the, the, you should you should really get these checked I out, know. guys. So when we look at the the national, uh, not scoreboard, but the, the schedule for today, it's obviously NBA and NHL playoff time. Uh, tonight at 6 on TNT, Edmonton at Vegas. That was a very entertaining game one. So that is on the calendar, I think, to watch. Mm-hmm. NBA, um, two things. You got, a, you got an afternoon game with the Knicks and the Heat, which is the You I mean, mean, I just would have thought they would have put it more like five thirty central think, time, even. I think the the Knicks and the Heat they don't need to be on ABC. They should if be it's on, a Saturday night. It's one thing to have the Lakers and, and Warriors start at yeah. eight thirty central time or nine o'clock I think central. Seven, I think it's seven thirty central. Yeah, exactly, but so that's why I don't. Why don't you have a five thirty and an eight on a well, Saturday Nick, for that? Knicks, especially knowing that oh, over in LA it's a five o'clock the, start. Especially with Jimmy Butler questionable tonight. I mean, it's kind of like the Knicks and the Heat. Can you put that game on the Ocho. I mean, I don't put it on ESPN Plus where you got to subscribe to a streaming service. I don't want to see that game. I mean, that's blah. And then the Warriors Lakers. Very passionate about G. Well, the, these two matchups today, the the Knicks and Heat. <clears throat> Excuse me. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the 1990s when these two teams used to face off with Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, it doesn't have. I just don't think the Knicks and the Heat, either one of them, have a real legitimate shot at winning an NBA championship. So this is just kind of a. It, you got to play it because it's it's there. I think the winner of the Sixers Boston series, that's the team that's going to the finals. 
that may change when the, the, the Knicks Heat winner plays them, but whatever. And then the other matchup, Warriors-Lakers. I mean, all you've seen this week when it comes to ESPN, they have just been gushing over this Warriors-Lakers matchup, this LeBron versus Steph part five. This is a oh West, they're they're playing this week. Yeah, this is the Western Conference semifinals. You had the the ESPN talking heads talk about did the Lakers find a way to slow down Steph Curry? Do they have a defense? He scored twenty seven points that game. By the yeah, way. but then the next game, how many points did he score in that in that Lakers uh, loss against the Warriors? Do you remember? I got to try and find where that game is. Give me a sec. Um, right here, up. he's got um, he had thirty points. No, excuse me. Clay Thompson had thirty points. Steph had just only had twenty, but he had twelve assists. So, did you slow down Steph Curry? No. And then the point you had made, even though it was funny on the graphic by ESPN where he said he was five of eleven for one points, it was actually eleven points. But That's hilarious. But LeBron James had twenty three points. Davis had eleven. Oh, by the way, D'Angelo Russell shoots kind of meh and has ten. Rui Hachimura has been playing well. He had twenty one points. He was the second leading scorer for the Lakers in that other game. But I think this Warriors-Lakers game could potentially go seven games, and it's seven games of I don't care. But ESPN, such a passionate sports fan. ESPN certainly is just all over this series. Um, I'm sur- I wonder if they if they were gloating or or just hyping up Andrew Wiggins again with his 11 points, four rebounds, and four assists game against the Lakers in that 27 point victory. I mean, I've never seen a national media turn on a player like. Andrew Wiggins, like they did once he went to Golden State and got out of Minnesota. I mean, it's it's something like, you know, you get to be a fourth option on a good team with two of the greatest shooters of all time, and all of a sudden now you're a, you're an all-star. You're a finals MVP candidate. But if you're the second star on a Timberwolves team, then it's the worst pick in uh, NBA history or That's something. because we sucked. Yeah, but we sucked. It wasn't the fact that Andrew sucked. I don't know why people think that he's a different player than he was in Minnesota. It's just the expectations well, it's, have been lower. It's, be, it's because Andrew was a decent player on a horrible team. Well, exactly. That's I mean, Kevin Love was the same way. He was an all-star on a bad team. He went to Cleveland with LeBron and won a title. But Andrew now is a good player on a great team, <laughs> as long as they're at home. He's always been he's been the same player. I I still see him miss half of his free throws when you check out a Warriors game. I still do him that same spin move when he drives down the lane. He's still just as big and athletic as he was in Minnesota. He's he hasn't changed. He's just on a better team and I just think it just it irritates he's, me. He has a better supporting cast. So yes, they they like him more. It, it just, and it's a bigger market. They've won titles. Minnesota's an afterthought, man. I, it is, and it just frustrates me about the type of coverage some of the, the, the smaller market teams in the NBA get from, from them. You know what I mean? Denver. It's up to you guys. Denver. Is Denver a small market? Denver. What, I mean, what, I what else you got? You got L.A., you got Miami, you got hey, New man. York. You like, got Jokic, Murray, uh, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon. I Denver's mean, by far out. the smallest market we got remaining that I know of. Probably, and I, I hope they win the West just based I really, on these really other do. teams. Yeah. Same, same with me. You know what? Thank you to Kevin Swenson. Thank you, Nick Oliver. Thank you, uh, Jace, for pushing the buttons. Have a great weekend, y'all. 630 Monday. God bless. Yep, you betcha. Mm-hmm. Bye.